Hello there, Power Report podcast feed. This is Dan from the internet here, and thank you for making it to 2021 with me. It was a hard one. And I'm not even going to try to begin to guess what's in store for the world this year, but I can tell you that this is probably going to be the biggest year yet for us and our political project that uh, we are doing here, that you are a part of with me. Uh, part of that political project and how it's growing is through uh, Thank Dan It's Friday. It's my new weekly news wrap-up show that I'm doing in partnership with SourceStream that you could find on twitch.tv slash SourceStream on Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. I will be live streaming there doing a recap of the week's news and culture stuff, but the stuff that I think is most relevant because it's my style. You know the way I do things. Again, that's twitch.tv slash SourceStream uh, every Friday, 5 Eastern to Pacific. This following episode is a year-end special version of TDIF that I did on the 30th of December 2020, so you can get a bit of an idea of what the show is about before you tune in next time. As for Power Report, Power Report began unofficially about a year ago uh, to the day as Political Report with the uh, launch of the Iran strikes, and there is no way we are slowing down. This is a more unique space than ever on the left, so we are going to keep it up that way. And make sure you stay tuned for our upcoming episode where we will be going through the Georgia runoffs and the results of that, the battle that's going on internally on the left, and much, much more. So yeah, this 2021 is going to be a very interesting year. Make sure you uh, stay connected to me at Dan from the Web on Twitter and youtube.com slash Dan from the Internet so you don't miss anything. And I'm telling you, I am going out this year, and you're not going to want to miss any of it. So uh, for starters, here's TDIF. Hello out there. Hello, people. How are we doing? Thank Dan, it's Friday is the name of the show, but you might know this is Wednesday because that's how these things go. Uh, New Year's is falling on a Friday this year, as did Christmas, I'm sure some of y'all are aware. And so I, to give some of the fine folks at SourceStream here who do a lot of good work throughout the year, um, a little bit of a break. We won't be doing my show on Friday. So instead, we're going to do this special year-end review kind of episode thing. Not really a year-end review. We're just going to um, kind of just spend the last sort of moments of 2020 and a little bit of a reflection, but we're going to reflect through some of the news that's happening right now today, because I think what's going on today can help you figure out what's happened this year and where we're going to move forward. There's a lot of stuff happening here, and I'm super excited to talk about it. We'll have some, some people continue to join in. Um, this is my sequin, shout out Britta, this is my sequin, uh, like, New Year's jacket cardigan that I've worn all of three times uh, out on New Year's. And I felt like this is the closest thing to uh, partying and celebrating that I'll be doing today um, and for New Year's in general, because we've got to stay at home and stop the spread and all that stuff. But let's, let's enjoy the festivities right now. In fact, I'm going to crack open a ginger ale, let's say, um, before we start the news and get into that. Uh, Shout out Bam, shout out Sean, shout out everyone else who is watching here. Thank you, excited. Um, thank you very much for watching. Let's do chat questions. I like talking and interacting with the chat as I'm doing this show. Um, 
I don't like New Year's resolutions. So let's talk about something you want to leave in 2020, like some either aspect of society or some part of your personality or whatever, something that you want to leave in 2020 as you go into 2021 doing some better stuff, right? Um, as far as New Year's resolutions go, I don't have like a New Year's resolution per se. Like, like I said, I don't like doing New Year's resolutions, but uh, I think this 2020, the pace I was forced to go in in 2020, um, where you're just quickly adapting to a rapidly changing world that's very much out of your control, is just a skill that I'm glad I sort of was able to adapt and work with and will push into 2021 because that's the tone we'll have with some of our politicians and a lot of our media as well. So that'll be great. Um, I like the comment from Ertano Goes. I'm gonna get better at reading these, I promise. Irtano-tigotistic. Hmm. Egotistic, irtano-tigotistic. Irtano-egotistic. We're going to do that. Irtano-egotistic says, I want to leave this entire year in 2020. I feel you. I hear you on that. Um, leave Playboy Cardi in 2020, Sean. Of course, yes. Um, I want to leave hate in 2020. Uh, that's a good thing. I think it's a good aspirational goal. I would like to do that. Uh, amen to the concept, I'm sure. Cheers to that. But I hate is a lot harder to get rid of than um, I think people think. The Black Lives Matter movements this year showed that you can make a lot of people aware about racism and hatred, and we can do a whole lot of nothing about it. But more on that later. While I get the desktop set up over here, um, I'm going to go over three stories today just some general things about, of course I'm gonna be talking about the stimulus checks. Of course I'm gonna be talking about the stimulus checks, y'all. That is what I am here for. That is what I um, care about a lot, of course. And it goes into the fact that COVID-19 is still impacting a lot of people around the country right now. And the reactions towards helping out Americans right now in our Congress are shocking. But in order to do that, we need to start off with some of the dynamics of Congress as they are. I like doing context on the show. So we're gonna just do a little bit, a quick amount of context here. If we just give me one second to pull this up. Allow me to be a little bit self-indulgent here because while I don't like doing this, I'm just gonna be pulling up one of my tweets here because the article is behind a paywall but this will allow me to talk about it a little bit more whoopsies there we go so uh there's a wall street journal article maybe i can get past one bit of the paywall here no definitely not um but there's a wall street journal article about ted cruz here front of the show ted cruz and um it is about how the wall street journal uncovered that in March and April 2020, May 2020, the first time we're running around for COVID relief bills, trying to figure out how to get money to uh, recently unemployed Americans, recently unhoused Americans, how to help people during this once in a lifetime kind of crisis. We have insight into what priorities were front of mind for people like Ted Cruz. So, yeah, to the extent that I can, oh wait, I get the whole article. That's kind of amazing. Okay, that's lucky, I'm gonna run with it. 
So as the coronavirus pandemic, as it says here, let me make it a bit bigger. Final answer. As the coronavirus pandemic and low oil prices walloped US frackers this spring, Texas billionaires Dan and Ferris Wilkes got a $35 million relief loan to help one of their fracking companies stay afloat. At the same time, they're on a buying spree in the country's oil patch. So priorities here. Uh, people are out of work. People need jobs. People need food. There's food lines all across the country. Uh, people are already devastated by natural disasters that are happening this year. But we found $35 million for a fracking company here. Now I'm focusing on this fracking company. I'm focusing on this for a moment. And for those who don't know, fracking is hydraulic fracking is a form of extracting oil from the ground using, I don't want to get into the details here, but it's bad for fossil fuels. It um, allows us to keep using gas instead of transitioning to more renewable, cleaner energies. And um, this is contributing directly to climate change. And the Wilkes brothers here, Dan and Ferris Wilkes, I've got beef with them specifically because they've become these new funders in politics, mostly funding their own efforts to get richer. They paid a lot of money. If you've heard of PragerU, it's a YouTube channel that posts these really blatant propaganda videos um, online. Maybe we'll do some debug videos in 2021, but PragerU is partially funded by the Wilkes brothers. Ben Shapiro, friend of the show, Ben Shapiro, uh, his website, The Daily Wire, was started with some funding from the Wilkes brothers. So these oil tycoons, these fracking tycoons, are investing in right-wing media, not because it's related to their oil business, but because teaching people and having a way to plug into the discourse and teaching people to trust fossil fuels and to not worry about those things is a lot cheaper than having to deal with the pressure of actually being regulated by the government or actually having a groundswell grassroots movement of people who are coming to fight against the fact that you are fracking all over the United States and contributing to our fossil fuel problem. I'll jump out of this article really fast. I don't wanna go through the full thing, but the main thing you need to know is, um, let's see. So the oil industry, the oil and gas industry was under pressure from international competition, sagging oil prices from the time the pandemic hit. For uh, those real ones you'll know, we had negative oil futures at a certain point, um, which meant like you almost had to pay people to get rid of oil, which is not the way oil usually works. So it was crazy at the time. But the Wilkeses and others turned to allies in Washington, including Mr. Cruz. The Republican senator helped convince the Trump administration and the Federal Reserve to change the rules for pandemic loans to ensure oil and gas firms could participate. So the big priority here clearly is for, for, tex, for Ted Cruz, who's a senator from Texas, Texas where you have bread line or food lines in Houston, in Dallas, Fort Worth, and all these other different places because people don't have enough money for food. Ted Cruz is over here making sure that these oil and gas fracking millionaires, probably billionaires, um, are set and continue to consolidate business. Um, and these are the people who run major media organizations like Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire, da The Daily Wire, which uh, constantly runs articles 
saying that climate change is not something you should worry about, uh, that the liberals are up in a tizzy about fossil fuels. One of my favorite videos, which I'm not gonna play through the whole thing. I just wanna show you that this actually exists. The video hey, from PragerU. Um, you heard, but we just had this, a um, Epoch Times thing, because that's a, that's a whole different thing. There's a video on PragerU, which is a really popular right-wing YouTube channel that was paid for in part with starting funding from people like the Wilkes brothers to make videos teaching people, almost a million people from this view, 750,000 people, why you should love fossil fuels. I've seen this video already. It talks about how um, George Washington would be amazed to experience fossil fuels and how it would be such an honor or like such an amazing thing to harness the power um, given to us at Earth to use fossil fuels. These are the arguments. Never mind the negative externalities, the polluting the air, polluting the water, all these different things that happen, uh, rising temperatures, rising sea levels. Never mind all that stuff. That's not really mentioned in the video. No, it's we are harnessing like humans' power by uh, drilling dinosaur juice out of the ground. Um, but this all goes to show that like, Ted Cruz, at the end of the day, when the rubber hits the road and there's an emergency pandemic response, Ted Cruz's priority and the priority of a lot of politicians is to make sure their wealthy donors are set in place before their constituents. Um, one last thing I'll mention here, just to tie together the connection between Ted Cruz and the Wilkes brothers. So because of what Ted Cruz did working with the Trump administration, they were able to receive a $35 million loan that was money that other people like mom and pop shops, small businesses did not get money like that. Um, the Wilkes brothers are longtime financial backers of Mr. Cruz. The brothers donated $15 million to a super PAC called Keeping the Promise that championed Mr. Cruz's 2016 presidential campaign in which Donald Trump called Mr. Cruz's wife ugly. And then Ted Cruz then decided to start phone banking for Donald Trump because this man literally has no shame at all. I would never support someone who called my significant other ugly and then start like supporting them to run for president and be president, um, especially when I ran against them. Ted Cruz has no shame, but a lot of these politicians have no shame. So before we get to more of that, I wanna read more Twitch comments because y'all are popping off in here. Um, Sue Dive Gift Giver says, I start my resolutions right after Christmas. Um, that's, that, that's a good thing to do. I think you should start early because uh, one of my friends is a uh, gym instructor and everyone has their like new year, new me thing <laughs> where they want to um, get fit or like uh, work out or exercise more in the new year for whatever goals they have. And God bless you for whatever goals you have. But uh, he always gets a rush of new people coming in at the year because they choose the beginning of the year to start um, really working on their body and working on their fitness. I say the good of the, the beginning of the year is a good starting point, but start that anytime. If you want to make your new year, new me, July 12th, then go ahead. God bless. Uh, whatever kind of keeps you going, you know? Um, I will be talking about the stimulus in a moment because I did see a question about whether or not it's going to pass the $2,000. And there's a lot of stipulations there. I'm going to talk about it so we have some um, context. Um, Bam, talking shit about my tweets again, I see. Um, Ignis Utofi says, does it mess up the ground? So yeah, I don't want to go, I'll, I'll go into this in future episodes, I promise, because I love talking about the climate. But 
Um, fracking. It, it, the, the jury's very much out on the long-term damages of fracking, and I'm not like the most knowledgeable person to talk about it without an article right in front of me, but there are long-term effects to hydraulic fracking. What you're doing is you are um, like punching into the ground, deep into the ground, and piping in a liquid. So you get the oil that is hidden deep like into the ground to rise up a little bit. So then you can pump the oil out that way. So because there's such like high temperatures under the ground, underneath the earth's surface, we don't know what that's doing to the ecosystem underneath there. Um, we don't know what that's doing to the ecosystem above the earth, but at bare minimum, we're creating more oil and gas when we should be uh, less reliant on those kind of things. What up seas? How's it going? Um, did anyone see the PragerU video of Robert E. Lee? I, I have recently. Um, they recently did a video basically justifying Robert E. Lee and like Confederate statues more broadly. And it is like brain smoothening. Again, I, I've only got about an hour here, so I want to make good use of your time. I do want to talk about these stimulus checks, but um, yeah, PragerU is madness. And you know what I do have time for? I do have time for um, if you are interested in more stuff about PragerU, um, I made a video all about PragerU and some of the, um, I made a video about PragerU and some of the secrets of it and like how it's connected to all these different right-wing media outlets. It's on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Dan from the internet. And yeah, Secret History of PragerU and Ben Shapiro. I made that video almost three years ago now, um, but pretty much all the information in it holds up. So um, I'd say check that out if you want more Prager info. But let's get to the, let's get to, I'll let that um, oil and gas conversation play out. But I want to get to the stimulus checks. Now, uh, in between the last time I was on this show and now, there was a sort of separate but also related argument to the stimulus checks. And the overall argument is the idea that our politicians, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you have to know that our politicians aren't doing a great job of being accountable to um, voters and constituents to the point where a lot of people have lost trust in the system itself. So among that, it's that you have a bunch of different approaches, especially on the left wing of uh, politics in this country of how to approach that system. To what extent do you work within the system because it's the system we've got and we can't tear it down and build something else and then get our policies done overnight? Or do you say, yeah, exactly, we can't tear the whole system down, but we need to and we might as well start today. Um, that's a rough, kind of going through the two sides of things. And there's a lot of people who are arguing back and forth online on this. I actually accidentally got in a little bit to the discourse um, and follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Dan from the web and that. In fact, I'm probably gonna bring up another one of my tweets here because I love myself so much, but it gets to the crux of this argument and it does not in a meme, so I enjoy that. But the idea is there's been an, a, a movement to push um, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, to force a vote on the House floor and Medicare for all, um, to kind of get an idea of who in the House of Representatives, especially who on the Democratic Party side, is in favor of 
uh, universal healthcare coverage and increasing healthcare access to millions of Americans in the middle of a pandemic that is hitting the United States very hard? Or are you opposed to that? And having that on the record, uh, proponents of this strategy say, will mean that we will have a better time weeding out the good Democrats who want universal health care from the bad Democrats. So the strategy goes. W what this will honestly do is divide the Democratic Party at a time when uh, control of the Senate hangs in the balance with the Georgia runoffs that are happening next week. Uh, the Georgia runoffs will be on Tuesday. Um, and then we'll have a show kind of wrapping that stuff up the Friday afterwards, back on a Friday schedule. But until we know the fate of those two Senate seats and whether the Democrats or the Republicans hold a majority in either seat of the House, we don't know the feasibility of passing Medicare for all or the Green New Deal or any other kind of progressive or leftist policy agenda until we know what kind of power we have. Which brings us back to the $2,000 stimulus move. Now, this all kind of happened very fast, so I'll go over the timeline generally. There's a bill that um, is, passes the House, passes the Senate, is headed to Trump's desk, and it offers $600 stimulus checks to um, Americans making under $75,000 a year based off their 2019 taxes. Uh, I won't get any more in the weeds than that because it gets complicated. But basically $600 checks was the big name of that. Uh, but this bill, a bunch of stuff was added to this bill. Um, stuff for defense spending here, a bunch of waste, things that were like bloated, had nothing to do with COVID-19 relief. And so then uh, Trump was angry. He was like, why is this going to COVID? I mean, why is this stuff going to uh, gender studies in Iran? Like, I'm not kidding or something like that. Um, instead of uh, spending back home during COVID relief. So I'm not gonna sign this bill unless it has these random military provisions out of there and these random writers out of this bill and there's $2,000 checks. Um, now Donald Trump just wants attention. Let's just put that in the box because he's a lame duck president. So $2,000 checks is extremely popular. He's jumping onto it. But what he's actually done is helped Democratic Party strategy a significant amount because of the two sides of who, which party is more likely to give you a, um, which party is most likely to give you some kind of leeway when it comes to getting more money into the hands of Americans, whether it's the Democrats or the Republicans, it's definitely gonna be the Democratic Party, hands down. Um, and so AOC and Rashida Tlaib were able to go to Nancy Pelosi and say, hey, that's $600, let's raise the 2000 Because if Trump wants it, that's pressure on the Republicans, so we're gonna pressure you here. Uh, to those who say that AOC and uh, the squad are sellouts, take notes. Um, they just know when to use political opportunities. And so then comes Bernie Sanders. Then comes Bernie Sanders, who is in the Senate, not the House, and so there's a lot more he can do. And he says, that he is going to filibuster, which means um, blocking any sort of Senate goings on, proceedings from happening, until the Senate passes a bill on $2,000 stimulus checks. What this means is that Republicans will have to go on record as to saying they want to give $2,000 to Americans, or they don't want to give $2,000 to Americans, and they have to make that decision right before 
a major election in which the Republicans could potentially lose, the Republicans running in that race could potentially lose the Democrats and thus lose control of the Senate. That is strategy. Not a Medicare for all vote that is doomed to fail on the floor. That is strategy. Which brings me to this meme I made. I, I don't like the Drake meme, so I use the Star Trek version. But it's not a smart idea to force a vote on Medicare for all, dividing the Democrats before the Georgia runoff, because party in disarray, that media narrative, when people are going to vote, they're just like, hey, I want the party that's more put together. I want the party that's ready to lead, especially after this four years of Trump, that people want some competence. That's what's in the air. And so um, if the Democrats look like they're infighting and they're disarray, the media will glob onto that. They'll show that to voters in Georgia who haven't already voted yet. If you're in Georgia, please vote. Um, and it'll be bad if history goes to show in these kinds of situations. It will be bad electorally for the Democrats. Now, on the other hand, if you force a vote on $2,000 stimulus checks, something way simpler than Medicare for all, I love Medicare for all. I think it's the best universal healthcare system, but it's a complicated bill. So to do that vote right now is kind of complicated. Giving 2000 bucks to people is not that complicated. It, it, it's, it's, it's two racks, it's, that's all it is. So if you force that vote and you divide the Republicans before the Georgia runoff, now we're cooking with gas. Now we're cooking with gas. Um, there's an article in CNN that here we go this might be the update so this is where we stand right now uh yurtle the turtle himself mitch mcconnell says that the bill to increase stimulus checks to 2000 has no realistic path to quickly pass the senate uh very carefully chosen words there but um basically republicans are trying to argue that we don't want to be giving this extra amount of money to couples who are making a lot of money and resources, you know? Um, they are upset that couples making $150,000 a year or less might get $2,000 all of a sudden, and that'll be so much better for their lives and so much better for themselves, even though, like, $150,000, not to defend people who are like couples making 150K, like good for them, like great job. But if you're living in a state like California or New York or um, a lot of states with higher taxes, I mean, where a, a large amount of the uh, population lives uh, or with higher cost of living more generally, even if it's not high taxes, but just high property costs and things like that, that $150,000 doesn't go as far. Most people have been struggling in this pandemic. So I think when we're trying to give, we're nickel and diming regular Americans and regular citizens and getting through this minutia. When, remember, earlier in the stream, I told you about how Ted Cruz personally walked to the, personally got in contact with the White House to make sure that uh, his financial backers could get $35 million to help buy out some oil companies. And that was done in the jiffy. That was done without congressional approval. That's just like, a, hey, we can turn that on in the Fed real quick. Because if you're one of our millionaire donors, you get premium tier uh, access to your government and your uh, democracy, and it works for you. But if you're one of the uh, regular plebeian voters, um, someone who makes 
$150,000 a year, a household that makes $150,000 a year is doing pretty decently well off. But this is a false sort of trick McConnell is using to try to say, um, the Senate is not going to be bullied into rushing out more borrowed money into the hands of Democrats' rich friends who don't need the help. Democrats' rich friends. Mitch McConnell running a, a hemp farm in Kentucky uh, while trying to make sure that marijuana and uh, cannabis is illegal in the United States. Talking about Democrats' rich friends who don't need the help. The Wilkes brothers, Ted Cruz's buddies, getting $35 million in loans. Talking about Democrats' rich friends don't need help. What about the uh, millionaires and billionaires who have profited off of the stock market increases over the past nine months of this pandemic while people are losing their jobs and losing their houses? But Mitch McConnell's all, all of a sudden worried about uh, Democrats' rich friends. Um, he's all of a sudden worried about borrowed money um, now, but when two years ago, when Donald Trump was pushing through tax cuts for the rich, which were paid for by borrowing money and incurring more US debt, Mitch McConnell said nothing of that. He was like, pass those tax cuts for the rich, baby. So Mitch McConnell's very clearly full of shit here, um, but you've got to just like read through the lines to really see it. Um, this isn't the article that's showing it, but Republicans are divided on this point. A lot of Republicans are saying, hey, look, uh, we can't do, what am I trying to say? We absolutely can't, um, getting my thoughts together. These, these Republicans in the Senate are saying that we can't give out these $2,000 stimulus checks because that's too much. That's too much. Wanna know what too much is? We can go to opensecrets.org. And this is just like a database that shows how much money and funding uh, on the record, on the books that all these different politicians are getting. So let's talk about who's getting too much money and who's getting too much help um, if we find these articles and go back to back. Because I think it's just ridiculous how you have um, a bunch of politicians who complain about working like three months of the year, four months of the year, they get months off breaks. Um, and they're saying that $2,000 to Americans who are dealing with a crisis that our government royally fucked up is too much money. So here's the article I was looking for, Republican opposition to larger checks. Um, Senator John Cornyn, a Texas Republican in leadership, the other senator from Texas, told reporters Tuesday that he doesn't want money to be a quote, manna from heaven for those who have been employed this whole time. As for though people who have managed to keep a job during this pandemic, that is the only like metric of success. There are people, I do know some people who have through this pandemic managed to stay stable and continue doing well. I'm like, no, God bless. Like that's not the case for most people. So I'm not gonna hate you for it. Um, but you also have to acknowledge that that's not the case for a lot of people, the vast majority to um, where these checks would help the most. These aren't people who would be getting a manna from heaven. Ta we're talking about people who with $2,000 would be able to just pay off some credit card debt that they've incurred because their monthly expenses are more than the $2,000 that you're giving them after eight months. 
so like, let's go in on John Cornyn. I'm over on Open Secrets right now, and we can search, search like John Cornyn. Let's see what's popping with him. Let's see what he's doing. These are his top industries from where he's gotten his donors from where he's been fundraising. Uh, his top contributors. Apollo uh, Global Management, Blackstone Group, Berkshire Hathaway, United Airlines. Uh, he gets a lot of money from the retirement industry, from the financial sector, from real estate, from oil and gas. And how much money is he getting? Uh, between this like five, six year period, we're looking at uh, $1.6 million from the financial industry. We're looking at $6.4 million from the retirement industry from, uh, I guess it's like uh, retirement savings management, that kind of stuff. He's telling you that $2,000 is a little bit too much for y'all. He, he can have millions of dollars for his campaign contributions to then give millions more dollars to the people who gave him that money. But $2,000 for you is too much. Again, look at what the, the doublespeak these people are trying to do here. It, it's shameless. And I think regular Republicans, like uh, people who identify as Republicans who are just like normal voters, should be pissed. They should be livid that these are their politicians and that they're accepting these lies. Um, but unfortunately, that view is shared among a lot of members in the Republican Senate. A handful of Republican senators have been on the record saying they'd vote for $2,000 checks, but none of them have explicitly said they'd vote for the Haas bill. Um, in addition to that, you have Mitch McConnell trying to tie other things to the $2,000 check uh, bill, should it pass. Another thing is Section 230, which basically, when I say breaks the internet, I truly don't mean this in hyperbole. Like, the only reason Facebook and Twitter and Instagram have some semblance of free speech on the platform is because Section 230 of um, this other more complicated law, it's like part of a bigger bill. Um, I forget the name of it exactly. It's the Communications Act. But what Section 230 does is it says that platforms cannot be liable for the content that their users post. So, Donald Trump can't be, Donald Trump can't sue Twitter because of a tweet someone posted criticizing Donald Trump. Section 230 is what sets that in stone in the United States law that uh, Instagram platform holders aren't liable for what content they post um, so long as those platforms create reasonable guidelines and rules, terms and conditions that um, they're responsible for themselves. But Trump has been complaining about Section 230 because he would love to sue, or he would love for Republicans to be able to sue these social media platforms claiming that they're being censored here, there, cherry-picking situations. They'd love to be able to try to sue them out of existence. Um, so it's been a pet project of Donald Trump's for a while. And so now Mitch McConnell is saying, um, okay, let's tie the $2,000 stimulus bill to Section 230, something completely unrelated to COVID-19 relief, um, and now let's add this to this bill. So do you see how like all up and down the line, Republicans are trying every single kind of trick they can do to put roadblocks up in front of um, this deal the Republican president's trying to push forward of getting $2,000 checks to regular Americans. 
when all of these pompous assholes get more in campaign contributions than most people do in a year. There are very few poor senators. There are a couple of poor members of the House of Representatives, but the senators, that's the House of Lords. They're rich. They have a lot of money. They're fine. Um, but the audacity of these people is stunning. I'm going to do a few more comments here. Shout out Chevy. Uh, Chevy is also the person, uh, super talented person who makes the music and the graphics for the show. So uh, give her a shout out in the chats when you've got that. Um, and got some major punnage here, which is awesome. Intrepid Willa P uh, is complimenting me, so I'll go with that. Is saying, how do you know all of this? I like honestly, I've been paying attention to politics on and off for like ten or twelve years or so, and some of the stuff I have off the top of my head, some of the stuff is new information that I keep up with politics on a day-to-day -day basis. So I read it and understand it, so that I can regurgitate it. Um, out live in conversations like this, if the moment requires. And I've built that into like one of the few marketable skills I have. <laughs> um, and this is like a question from last week where I was doing like a how-to, or like a Q&A about me, but Hot Body Nothing is asking, noting is asking how old are you? And I am 24. So this is fine. You know what's awesome? A green bottle and a green screen. I'm sure someone is, um, oh, sorry to say the branding there. Someone is loving that uh, invisible beverage I'm drinking, thanks to the green screen. But uh, moving on, that is kind of the state of things right now. So we don't know if these checks are going to pass. Uh, Steve Mnuchin in the Treasury is ready to pass out the 600 and be like, uh, yeah, the best we can do is 600. That's all we got for you here. They're ready to do that. Bernie can still force this vote and force these senators to stay in Washington, D.C. over the New Year's Eve day holiday, which would be very funny knowing that these senators don't do much work anyways. But again, also has the strategic advantage of that's the last weekend of campaigning that senators uh, Loeffler and Purdue, the Republicans who are running in Georgia, um, who might lose their seats come Tuesday. That's the last weekend they have to campaign. So if they're stuck in Washington, D.C. over a fight over whether to give the people who are going to about to vote in this election $2,000 and they're stuck in D.C. and they're on the wrong side of this issue, then good night, Irene. Democrats might take the Senate. Democrats might be able to have that tiebreaker vote with Kamala Harris and Medicare for all won't be a doomed fail vote. Medicare for all can have more of a chance of passing. And then, and then when you force a vote on Medicare for all, you get rid of the weak excuses that the weakest Democrats have in saying that you can, you get rid of the weakest excuses that the weakest Democrats have saying that, oh, we don't have power. We don't have the Senate. We don't have the House. The president will veto anything we do. So we can't do any of this progressive legislation. So the best thing we can do is water it down. You get rid of that excuse by playing the next couple of days right. So let's play the next couple of days right. That's my point on that. Um, for all the people who are doing, and again, uh, to be clear, I like Medicare for all. I support Medicare for all, um, very much so. And me prioritizing $2,000 stimulus checks as a political strategy over Medicare for all 
doesn't mean I'm a shill being paid for by the Kaiser Foundation to uh, restrict people from getting Medicare for all. Again, I, I love you folks who have joined me on this Twitch chat, but I am have absolutely no power as to whether or not Medicare for all passes in the United States. But what I can do with my platform, what I can do with some of the political knowledge that I do have is I can give some amount of insight into what I've seen work and what I've seen doesn't. And this force the vote thing with Nancy Pelosi on Medicare for all right now is not gonna work. But forcing the vote on $2,000 stimulus checks it may not get us the $2,000 stimulus checks. In fact, there's a more likely chance that it doesn't. But what it does do are all the same tactical things that forcing the vote on Medicare for all does, but it does it to the Republicans. It does it to where we are closer, we as a progressive left movement, an insurgent left movement within the Democratic Party are closer to gaining real power because the Democrats are weak and it's easy for the Republicans and for the left to chisel at the centrist Democratic Party, but we can't chisel at the Republican Party. They have to be gone at a certain point. So um, politically speaking. So we have to make sure that the election in Georgia is going super well. So uh, things you can do. If there's a number to like um, call your US Senator, and um, if you call this number, let's see, let's get this in here. Yeah. There's a number right here, 202-224-3121. The Senate switchboard operator will get you to the senator um, from your state or one of the senators from your state, or you could look up the senator from your state and find out what their Washington, D.C. office is. It'll be the 202 area code. Call them. Flood the, flood the phone lines. Make sure they know. Make sure your friends know that this is one way to harass them about giving you the money. Not just because it's like, because $600 after eight months of suffering is insulting. It's insulting considering these people work for you. These people work for you and they're saying you don't deserve it. They're saying they don't want to get you high off the hog when you elected them, when they're there to serve you. So call that number, 202-224-3121, or find your sender's number and tell them to get their ass in gear. <sighs> Jesus. Anyways. So, um, Alison Taran asks, what would you say to someone who says that Medicare for all will just be crappy Medicare for all? Now, the annoying thing in the um, election or in the 2020 the Democratic primary, the annoying thing about that was Elizabeth Warren um, and Bernie Sanders and to some extent Kamala Harris, along with Ed Marquis, who wasn't running in the Democratic primary. But all these are Democratic senators who pushed forward the idea of Medicare for all in the purest, best way possible. You're expanding, you're slowly or gradually expanding the Medicare program, which is universal health care you get in America if you're 65 or older, and expanding that to cover all Americans. Um, and then working through in the system to figure out how to transition private health insurance into the infrastructure for the new big-ass public health care structure plan. And so 
again, we can get into the weeds in the time I don't want to totally do on a year end episode because like I, I do have some alcohol I'd like to finish, but the thing with Medicare for all is that it's complicated. You have a lot of stakeholders in the healthcare industry and not all of them are going to be happy with this bill. And if they're not happy, then you're going to get a lot of issues. Um, issues such as what we just talked about with the $2,000 stimulus check, like giving Americans $2,000 is popular for every American pretty much. Um, you have to make it unpopular by saying, oh, well, we can't give too much money here, or oh, we have to worry about the debt. Oh, you have to make up all these reasons. When in reality, these same people who are making up these reasons to not give regular working class and middle class Americans um, relief during this unprecedented pandemic, we are instead going to try to funnel money to our wealthiest, richest donors and contributors so they can continue to consolidate um, corporations and make even more money once this pandemic is over. It's a priorities thing that we're trying to make more clear. So there are different versions and flavors of Medicare for all because of that fight. Um, uh, there's like Medicare for all who want it, which is the classic like Pete Buttigieg kind of like trope. Um, there's Medicare for all advantage, which was like a fake thing. Basically, there's a lot of things called Medicare for all that truly are not Medicare for all if you look in the details of the specific proposal. So um, that's why it's complicated. That's why it's something that has to go through a number of committees the way our Congress is set up for it. That's why something that um, a YouTube comedian and a couple of uh, opportunistic podcasters um, can't really get to with forcing a Medicare for all vote right now. And furthermore, if you're going to force a Medicare for all vote, if you're going to force a vote on anything and get people's names on the record for something that's totally not going to pass, then let's get Green New Deal. Let's get Democrats on record who won't support the Green New Deal. Let's get Democrats on record who won't support reparations. Okay, because if you want to talk about getting the black vote and re-energizing the black vote, you talk about reparations, then a lot of black people who are not interested in voting are now going to be really start talking and interested in politics. And if you get Democrats on record saying, hey, these are the Democrats who support reparations of some kind. These are the Democrats who don't. Of course, this isn't going to pass right now, but you'll get people on record. Why are the people who are saying force the vote on Medicare for all only stopping at Medicare for all if that is their strategy? If symbolism is their strategy, they're selling themselves short of what they can do. And if they're going to say, oh, well, Medicare for all is the most feasible, then you've lost me again because you're having a feasibility argument about forcing a vote for Medicare for all right now. This complicated ass bill when we have the opportunity to force a vote on $2,000 stimulus checks right now. And that's a lot easier to do when we have an important election coming up where if we lose that election, Medicare for all is not happening for another 10 years. Climate justice isn't happening for another 15 years. And by then, it's all too late. The American empire is gone. Like, we, we all got to move. I'm not kidding at that point. So um, there's a lot in the weeds with all these things. When we have, uh, thank Dan, it's Friday in the future on actual Fridays. Um, I'm going to have two hours plus to get to talk about these things. So it's going to be really awesome. And uh, that'll be really good in 2021 to kind of have the space to do these things. So continue coming back to... Um, 
source stream of this channel. Check out all the other shows on here too, because uh, everyone's handling uh, politics and pop culture and news from a different perspective. I have my own, but uh, all the other hosts have theirs. So check that out. But um, also check out source streams, uh, website sourcestreamlive.com and you can subscribe to their daily newsletter so if you want to be more informed on some of the things i am they do a good job of curating the news so you are aware of what are the big stories happening and so you don't get caught up in all the random crap that's happening because that's a lot the hardest part about um being a news consumer is figuring out what's the important news versus what's the garbage so Make sure you go to sourcestreamlive.com to subscribe to uh, SourceStream's daily newsletter. And if you're right here on Twitch, uh, follow us so you know when we are streaming and subscribe so that, um, hey, we get a little bit of help. And in fact, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can do this really funny thing where you can use your Amazon Prime subscription to convert that into a Twitch subscription and give it to SourceStream. So that in a way, you'll be giving me money to shit talk Jeff Bezos on his platform, and you'll be using Jeff Bezos's money to do it. So that's an option. If you want to, you can subscribe to the Source Stream channel. I think it'd be very funny to use Jeff Bezos's money to actively tear down the Amazon empire. But um, yeah, you can do that. Uh, we're winding down here. Um, a couple more minutes. Again, in the chat, folks, uh, let me know what you're looking forward to in 2021. Uh, let me know some different maybe things you're hopeful for, things you want to leave in 2020. I'll also say that uh, one of my favorite things I did in the year 2020 was my music podcast, Audio Face. And we recently just did the Audio Face Awards. Uh, the whole two and a half hour episode can be found in podcast platforms, the Audio Face podcast. And uh, clips will be going up on YouTube soon at youtube.audioface.show for all of our award categories. Best album, worst album, uh, <laughs> the wokest thing to happen in music, the biggest bitch in music. We have awards for all of these things and they're very funny and it's very entertaining. So um, Audio Face is a great thing I do with my best friend, Sean, and um, check that out as well. Um, someone says, I'm looking forward to not having Trump in the White House in 2021. I am too, that'll be a sigh of relief, but um, I'm telling people, Joe Biden is still gonna be a problem. <laughs> Um, and it's going to be a roadblock to a lot of the things we want done in this country and done better. So uh, don't let your guard down on that. What's my goal for 21? I mean, I'd like to continue growing my show on SourceStream. Um, the other shows I do, like I mentioned, Audio Face, Power Reports, another super, super awesome political show that um, I'm going to be growing more as well. And bits and pieces from these shows will flow into other shows. So like, I'll have some guests that'll come on here. Um, it'll all be that, but just, it's gonna be more Dan from the internet in 2021. Um, I'm honored and privileged that like, SourceStream believes in me to do this, that people are watching this enough to believe in me to do this. So I'm not gonna let y'all down in 2021. That's my vibe. Um, and if you wanna know who the biggest B word in music is, then yeah, you will absolutely have to go um, to, the Audio Face YouTube channel, youtube.audioface.show, and make sure you're subscribed so when that video goes up, it's in drafts, but when that video goes up, you'll know and you'll know why. Um, Sean and I spend a lot of time thinking about that word every single year, and it's a good reason. Um, and yeah, shout out We Made It Seas, shout out Bam, shout out Sean as well for Power Report, 
powerreport.world for all the info of where to get that. And it's also on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash danfleernet. There'll be clips there as well. And yeah, as I said earlier, um, to Tolerant Monster, um, do I honestly think the 2K bill will pass? Making predictions in this era of politics is a fool's errand. So I'll give you the Nate Silver cop-out kind of thing, and I'll give you statistics. I'd say it has a 50-50 shot right now. Um, maybe it'll pass with the writers, maybe it won't, but Republicans are mounting a lot of opposition to it. And even though Republicans are mounting a lot of opposition to it, and even though we may not get the 2K checks, we will get Republicans on record for refusing to give Americans $2,000 stimulus checks while giving the richest Americans and corporations millions and millions and millions of dollars, uh, billions, honestly, in um, federal aid. And we weren't worried about deficits and debt spending when we're spending money to the military or sending uh, money to uh, foreign governments. But all of a sudden, we worry about the deficit and the debt when it comes to helping regular people and their starving families survive. I know how America works. I see how this goes. Um, absolutely number one, best country. Don't, don't, don't mess with me on that. USA, USA. Um, I didn't even get to talk about uh, the random terrorist acts that happened. There was like a shooting at a bowling alley. There was like an exploding van in Nashville. Um, there's a lot of news. And it's gonna be great that I can do these two hours um, in a normal, case um so that is kind of where all of that stands at this point hopefully the stimulus checks passes um but all eyes are on georgia i think we may even i may do a special live stream of election coverage um for georgia when that happens so go to youtube.com slash dan from the internet for that um, I got a couple more minutes, so I'll just answer some questions here. Um, what are you doing on New Year's? I live in Los Angeles County, the epicenter of COVID-19 in the United States, let alone the world. And, uh, <laughs> the hospitals are over capacity, so I'm doing nothing. I am staying home. I am gonna maybe like go on some nearby walks and runs in nature because I enjoy that kind of thing. But uh, I'm staying at home. You probably should too. Maybe watch some TV. There's more content than needs to exist out there. So there's some shows to watch. I'll be watching uh, Letter Kenny, the show on Hulu. It's a Canadian uh, comedy. Cheers to my living room. Cheers to your living room, Britta, with my um, invisible green screen beverage. For those of you who watch Letter Kenny, hello, welcome to Crack and Egg. Bet you can't. So, uh, <laughs> I probably sound completely ridiculous at this point. I have no idea how so many of you are watching this. Um, I'll check out Bridgerton. Bridgerton seems really good. I, for for um, folks who join me in future streams, which I hope you all do, my, I'll ask for recommendations of what to watch and what to um, consume all the time. I, I like dark sitcoms like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, 
uh, Letterkenny, things like that. I like uh, Schitt's Creek. Uh, I guess a session is less of a sitcom, more of a drama, but I like those kinds of things. So send those my way. I will definitely check out Bridgerton. Um, yeah. Everyone just stay safe out there. Um, this has been a weird year, 2020. Use 2021, I don't know. I, like I said, I think New Year's resolutions are made to be broken. So maybe don't frame it like that, but just think about what things that were in your control can you possibly help or work on in the upcoming year? And what things you can do maybe in your community to help take your political knowledge that you have from watching shows like this and make sure it actually does something in real life to help people. Because uh, it's a lot easier to get $2,000 stimulus checks passed if you have a grassroots movement of people protesting in every city in the United States like they were for the Women's March or for Black Lives Matter for an issue like that. And that's grassroots organizing that you don't get by forcing a floor vote for um, a complicated bill. That's grassroots organizing you get from people like you and I who are interested and engaged and maybe have a little bit of time working locally to make sure that uh, when the time comes, we have that support because we know we're popular and we know we're right. We just have to do the political work because um, our political enemies have all the resources in the world against us and we're working against that. Um, thank you. This is my New Year's jacket. Actually, this is something like a sequin cardigan that I've worn a total of three times um, all around New Year's. So I figured it was a fitting occasion. But um, yeah, that'll do it. It's three. Thank you all very much for joining me. Really, from the bottom of my heart, it means a lot. My next episode is at 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific on January 8th. That is all correct information. <laughs> I'm making sure I don't mess it up again. Yes, it's 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific. It'll be a two-hour show on January 8th. Uh, each show is going to get a little bit better. I might bring on some guests. We're definitely going to be talking about the Georgia runoff. We'll definitely be talking about whoever the stimulus check fiasco ends. But um, it's going to be a fun one. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, thank you all for joining me for that. Happy New Year to all of you. And... It won't be harder for this last year, for this new year to be better than the last year, but let's try to get it off on the best foot. Treat each other with kindness. And with that, peace. <laughs>